My name is Saul Wordsworth, and this is the TTI Podcast. Hello, I'm Saul Wordsworth, Editor-at-Large of Traffic Technology International, the world's leading publication for traffic management, intelligent transportation systems and tolling. Welcome to this edition of the TTI podcast, sponsored by Comsignia, one of the market's leading V2X providers. Our feature interview today is with Andres Varadi, Research Director at Comsignia. Andres talks roadside infrastructure, pedestrian protection, ultra-wideband, and the importance of 5G. But first... It's time to discuss the latest traffic technology news with TTI editor Tom Stone, live from his immaculate home on England's South Coast. So I, I was at this uh, bit of a segue. I was at a comedy night last night in, in the Hackneys. You went to London's trendy Hoxton. Well, I did. I mean, it was more sort of clapped in a way. But um, so a couple of pals, chums, turned up here about six. I fed and watered them and we... Were they invited off. or did they just sort of, you know, turn up? No, no, no. They just turned up. They said, <laughs> you know, this is how we roll. And uh, so we headed, headed down to... Uh, Trendy Hackney by car. We parked right outside the venue. It was um, quarter to quarter to eight. We're meeting another friend there. Parked right outside. I mean, it's kind of it's like a working men's club. We thought would be wow. fun. Parked right outside. Did you get a parking ticket? Well, no. The thing is, I looked at the um, uh, at the sign. It says no parking between <coughs> six a.m. and eleven p.m. Right? I thought, okay. You know, this isn't this isn't. London Soho. This isn't the Charing Cross Road. Anyway, we, we drove around. I had to park about a mile away from the event. It's nuts. To the point where we arrived late, which then meant we ran the risk of being pilloried and heckled by the comedian. You need some smart parking solutions. Or maybe, <laughs> you, could have, you know, taken an on-demand transportation service rather than your own private car. What a... What a brilliant segue that is. Just, you, you know, there's all sorts of it's, it's, traffic comes into all aspects of life, even when you're out, you know, in London's trendy Hoxton. So you used to live in London's bustling West End, of course, didn't you? I did. I did. London's not so trendy West End these days. Yeah. Um, oh, that was, those, those were the days. When um, you were a Harley Street doctor. They did call me Dr. Tom. I bet. But, uh, that's another story. <laughs> Here's the latest edition of Traffic Technology International with V to P on the cover. Visible um, panty line. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Vehicle to pedestrian. You know you were out in Hoxton like last night. You keep oh, on going on about it. It wasn't Hoxton, was it? It was somewhere else in Hackney. Clap- Clapton, Hackney. But, you know, when you were there, you couldn't find a parking space. Driving around for ages, wasting CO2, uh, emitting CO2. Wasting uh, petrol. Ruining my evening partially. We didn't get a seat. 
had to stand yeah, on the rubbish floor. rubbish had you had some smarter solutions but and i hope that you know when you were late for your appointment you didn't have to dangerously run across any intersections did you yeah one of my friends was run over actually now i come to think of it oh it's a shame that he was run over and didn't have you know there weren't any vehicle to pedestrian solutions enabled no you're absolutely right you know i believe he's going to pull through but still it would have really helped helped our cause <laughs> i'm curious to know tom yeah does this feed into the, your interview today it does it does Ooh. Yes, I've, uh, I've, I've interviewed uh, Andras um, from uh, Consignia. He's their director of research. And uh, he's, um, yeah, they, I mean, vehicle, yeah, as, as, as I was saying, the last edition of uh, Traffic Technology International, we had uh, Vehicle to Pedestrian on the cover. It is a really interesting area uh, with, with a growing number of solutions. And Consignia have um, a, a very... Uh, um, Interesting one, really getting down the route of getting pinpoint accuracy into, into their system um, using ultra-wideband technology. But it's, uh, it's not for me to go on about. I think he'll probably explain it a lot better than I can. Well, listen, I can't wait to listen to it, to tune in, and hopefully it will save any further maiming within my friendship group. It wasn't really my mother, was it? No. Now it's time for the main event. So sit back, lie back if it's safe to, and listen to Tom's interview with Andres Ferradi, Research Director at Episode Sponsors, Comsignia. Thank you uh, for joining us. I, I'm, I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit about you and your role in Comsignia and what Comsignia is exactly. Sure. So Comsignia is a V2X solution company. So we do anything uh, V2X. And, um, and that means that we actually have like two uh, pillars. We have the automotive side, so the vehicles, um, where we are a tier one software provider. Um, preparing, we, we are a global, global player, by the way. So we are also available uh, and, and active. Uh, and leading the market in 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 the United States, uh, Europe, and 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 uh, we are also moving into China as well as China is getting ready for for B2X deployment. Um, um, so we have one one pillar is automotive where we are uh, in in connection with the OEMs and tier ones and being a software provider to enable cars to be able to talk B2X. But we are also one of the companies, one of the few companies who are also doing roadside infrastructure. So the smart city business unit deals with, with uh, roadside units equipping uh, intersections, equipping highways with, with roadside units, uh, connectivity units or router as you prefer, and, but also uh, uh, traffic management centers and, and, uh, and uh, equipment for, for, uh, for those, again, to help uh, smart cities to go into the future and be able to um, uh, uh, step into the new era of B2X communication and direct car-to-infrastructure, infrastructure-car communication. So in a very brief nutshell, that's what we are doing it's a uh, inside it's a fascinating It's a fascinating area, uh, uh, which I know is always of, of interest to our, our readers and listeners. It's a growing uh, and very exciting area with lots of Lots of new stuff happening, and you're you're actually research director. That's correct, isn't it, for Consignia? Um, so you're the, you're on the cutting edge of all this. And and one of the new 
um, uh, areas that uh, we've, we've been looking at recently in the, in the magazine, and it's been creating a lot of interest, is, is vehicle to pedestrian and, and bringing pedestrians and vulnerable road users into the into the ecosystem and i think you have you have some new new solutions in that area can you explain to me a little bit about them exactly exactly so well, just 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 for the background so so day one basic systems are only about you know connecting entities connecting cars with cars and then the problem was that only the connected entities were were part of this this day one ecosystem and and where now the, the industry is moving is we are trying to you know, involve uh, all other maybe not connected entities into into to be part of this digitalizing basically the intersection. So the first step was on our smart city part to, to connect lamps and signals. We were uh, transmitting uh, uh, speed limits. We were transmitting uh, if it's green or red, uh, uh, the light uh, of of the intersection and these kind of things. And we quickly realized that having a connectivity unit in the intersection can do more. So we started uh, to uh, in introduce vulnerable road user or pedestrian bicyclist protection methods. And the first trivial choice for us to, was to work together with sensor provider. Uh, sensor providers where, where we were able to, you know, you have a sensor, you have a pedestrian detection sensor, you know where the pedestrians are, so you let the vehicles and everyone else know about these pedestrians. And it's very important because vehicles might actually come from an angle or from a direction where he, where he is not able to assess the situation at the intersection very correctly. Bicyclists or the new e-mobility types, the, the, the mopeds and the, and the scooters are moving really, really fast. So it was important to have the infrastructure were able to be prepared and set up for, for seeing all the angles and knowing where you know, bicyclists can come from a high speed, maybe uh, in an online of sight situation, in urban canyons where you have, you know, uh, dense corners and, 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 and um, yeah, if you're coming from the right or the left, you might not be able to see uh, him, uh, him or, or her because it's hidden, because that bicyclist might be hidden by a building or something like that. So the first solution was, you know, to have sensors. Uh, and um, and as a next step, we are now or, or going into ultra wideband positioning because we have realized that uh, uh, sensors have some sort of, of limitation and some sort of of of, uh, of evolution uh, of, of of precision. And the main so the main main pitch and the main main important thing is that. It's a very thin line between being completely safe or being completely uh, vulnerable to vehicles. So if you think about the sidewalk, it's like 30 centimeters or a foot or something like that for being completely okay on the sidewalk or actually off the sidewalk uh, in, the, in front of a vehicle. So we need to uh, be able to detect if the situation is okay or completely not okay. Um, and of course, you can also say that well, you can you can let the vehicles know about the pedestrian anyway. That's correct, but we really want to avoid false positives. That's a system which is always thinking like, watch out, maybe the pedestrian is moving. Watch out, maybe the pedestrian can 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 leap out. That's that's not a good system. So we really need to know if the pedestrian is leaping off the sidewalk, is moving, is maybe not taking attention of of moving in, in, into the into this. Um, and crossing the street. So we needed precision and we needed latency. And that's where um, ultra-wideband comes into this place. And if you take a look at the industry, uh, handheld operators and smart wearable uh, uh, OEMs have been 
pushing ultra wideband as the main solution for positioning positioning of devices and thus its users so the pedestrians and uh, and vulnerable road users have is possible with wi-fi with 5g with a lot of additional technologies but ultra wideband has been developed in a sense to 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 have really really good positioning so that's why we chose that technology and and started to focus that and the main idea is that if you have a device that can be precisely positioned uh then we are basically able to position its user so that's that's the idea and we can basically add to the previous uh sensor detected scenarios uh centimeter precise positioning really to to see that this is the the line of of uh, of being on the sidewalk or off the sidewalk and now we are able to see if the pedestrian is is in okay or in a not okay location It's really interesting. So, could, just looking at some of the, uh, it's all about accuracy, as you say. It's all about getting that pinpoint accuracy of where your vulnerable road user is. Um, and you said there were limitations with the scent, just using sensors. So, what were the sensors? The, fir- the sort of the, the the first generation, as it were. Well, what kind of sensors are you talking about there? That that, that were maybe not giving exactly the precise accurate accuracy that you get with ultra wideband. Sure. So don't, don't get me wrong. Sensors are, are really uh, fascinating and really good equipment. They have a really uh, wide area of detection and, and they can work. Um, so, but they also have their roadmap and they are slowly starting to support uh, better and better detections. We actually have been working with all camera, radar and LIDAR sensors. So we detect, we, we, we checked, uh, we, 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 uh, evaluated all of them and we are still working with them. So, uh, for example, uh, putting on the, so sensors have a, have a really good, uh, property of being able to, I mean, depending on the sensor, but being able to detect anything. And if you are talking about a car that needs to know, uh, what's up ahead, we really need to be able to see anything. So, uh, any, and anything can be a big rock on the road. Anything can be a deer, which is yeah, crossing the street, uh, and other cars or whatever. So we are basically digitalizing everything and sending this to the vehicle. Um, so don't get me wrong. Those are really, really important, but really for pedestrian important. detection, yeah. yeah, for pedestrian prote- detection, they were not being able to do uh, 10 centimeters of precision or 20 centimeters of precision. And that's what we are actually um, forecasting to be able to, to do because right now we are in, you know, demonstration phase. So this technology is not available just today, but uh, the numbers and, you know, the, the, the measurements are really promising. Yeah. So you're bringing in, so bringing in this ultra wide band, it, it, it forms a sort of a mesh a, uh, with, the, with the existing sensor data to make it even more accurate um, and, and how, so in terms of like, um, does that, where do you get the ultra wideband signal for? Is that something that's built into mobile phones? Do you need a special app or do you need a special um, sensor? Or, or how, do, how does that work in terms of me as a vulnerable road user crossing the road? How will I be seen? Sure. So uh, both uh, Samsung and Apple have their particular um, news items of introducing ultra wideband positioning for their handhelds, which is, uh, from our point of view, a big market share in, in handheld. Um, so 
you can refer to those those uh, uh, announcements. For example, if I remember correctly, it was iPhone 11 which featured first. So it's it's uh, we see a global rollout of uh, of UVB equipped uh, handhelds. Uh, so the UVB support on the handheld is coming from the uh, from the uh, from the phone manufacturer. Um, on the roadside, we 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 are creating a new generation of roadside units which are able to do uh, ultra wide band positioning. So we are adding some 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 equipment to uh, to that. And right now, it's still a question of of, uh, of a very complex um, yeah approach to to consumers. So the question is. How should we um, uh, enable this technology? Should it be automatic? Uh, should it be? Uh, of course, it needs to be privacy preserving. So somewhere we need to include uh, the owner of the phone if if he or she wants to uh, enable the safety system. We don't yet know how to do that. How to actually uh, productize this solution? We know that it's what it's capable of, but we are still. Uh, we still need to know how to do that. Technically, technically, basically, we we need to enable on both devices ultra wideband positioning, and we need to be able to detect the pedestrian. Um, but how it will be done in the future? Will it be uh, automatically if if you are uh, uh, approaching a sidewalk or approaching an intersection with uh, the Comsignia ultra wideband safety service enabled? Then we might advertise this over the air and then phones might switch over or the user might need to push a button or the user might need to push to push a button previously so it's uh, this is all uh, to be determined it's a it's a yeah it's an interesting area isn't it it would you know from a safety perspective it would be great if it was all automatically enabled on on your phone wouldn't it and 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 and, uh, and you know um cross-vendor compatible as well so you know it didn't matter whether you were approaching a consignia junction or dare i say it one of your competitors you know from a consumer point of view you want it just to happen automatic you just want to be protected when you're crossing the street you want to be seen and you know there's there's definitely a big part of me that would not really you know it's like the cookies thing on websites isn't it that we always have to cook our, click our cookies banner and uh, i'd really rather not i'd really <laughs> i'd really yes. rather just say you know I'm fine with this, and uh, likewise, I'm I'm fine with my data provided it's anonymous um, being uh, being used to protect me when I'm crossing the street. So maybe we'll get yeah. to that point. Is that is that sort of a, a target point to get to? Yes, I mean we need to. So, for example, we need to still do market analysis on on what the consumers want, and uh, we 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 were, we are in discussion with the ecosystem on on again. This is this is a complete shift of the the current paradigm of you know everything is being closed down, everything is being anonymized and and privacy preserving, and no data should leak out and so forth. This particular use case is. A situation where it's useful to for you to be able to track by others. Question is how the market will react to to this use case. Um, whether people want to be stay uh, stay let's say hidden or whether people want to be uh, automatically seen. Uh, that that's the that's a discussion that we are just just starting right now, uh, and it's really interesting in in seeing how how different regions and different. Uh, stakeholder groups or, 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 or consumer groups are reacting to it. But that's very, very interesting uh, indeed. And just going back to your standardization questions, yes, that's very important. We really want to have a complete 
support for everything. So standardization and standard uh, standard compliance is very important, and and this is all happening with IEEE uh, based standards um, uh, and not, nothing proprietary, so of course. Absolutely. Could it work then without any roadside infrastructure? Are you always going to need roadside infrastructure for this? Or, you know, because intersections are obviously a big uh, um, uh, point, conflict point. Um, but yeah, could there be, I mean, there have been, I think I've read about solutions that are sort of like mobile only, but then you run into sort of latency problems and positioning problems. GPS isn't good enough for that. Could, could we ever get to a point where it would work without the infrastructure on the roadside? Uh, we could, yes. And I think we will. So we also have, um, we have been demonstrating, uh, with Consignia mobile only solutions that, that, that can also work. The question is how many, which entities you want to involve. So there is always a trade off of, uh, of, uh, not requiring a roadside unit makes it a little bit easy, but then you, you are involving other, uh, infrastructure as well. So the question is, uh, who who wants to be involved in this chain of events or chain of data transfer? Uh, should it be the you know the five G core network and and your or or the five G edge that should be involved, or do you want to have a dedicated unit which is built for this purpose? The roadside unit is built for this purpose. Uh, both of them is possible. There is some sort of trade off. Um, but definitely both of them are, is, 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 is possible. And as again, uh, what I said previously, I really do believe in parallel solutions. So if we have, if, if we can have like two ways of mitigating the situation that maybe there is no roadside unit on that particular intersection, but if you have a 5G based application that can do this, then let's do that with the application. If it's just, uh, I don't know if it's 50% uh, uh, um, uh, precise, then, then that's the, that's the trade-off. It can still save lives. So uh, the, many prote- uh, the, the more protection we have, the better. We're going to be pushing this uh, uh, wherever we can to, to, to save lives, as you say. It's a, 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 a very, very, you know, one of the, the, the most important things that, 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 that we do in uh, sort of traffic management. Um, and... Uh, um, yeah, but 5G, you mentioned 5G quite a few times there. That that will be key. You know, the 5G rollout will be key to making this work properly as a, as a sort of mobile-only solution, do you think? Uh, actually, 4G is already really, really particularly well, but indeed 5G brings even more, a bigger step in, in quality of service and some of, some of the features or underlying under the hood mm-hmm. solutions, uh, both to handhelds and to other 5G-enabled uh, equipment. That that might come in useful, but uh, you know it's a, it's a it's a continuous evolution of, of technologies. Uh, but in, in terms of if I need to say something, then quality of service is something that indeed five G will improve. Yeah. That's the future. That's the, the the more distant future. But in the more immediate future, this the, the and 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 probably the biggest win is these uh, you know the intersections. That's where people are most likely to cross the road and where vehicles are turning and people could be out of sight and and that's that's really the 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 immediate focus for this technology is 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 the intersections 
Exactly. And you know, it's, it's the same. So just, just to giving you an example, we have, we have one of the biggest deployments in, in Las Vegas where we have several hundred roadside units. And if you go to the strip, you can, you can jump into a, a mobile taxi and, and that uh, taxi, autonomous taxi, and that autonomous taxi will take you and Consignia will be the, 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 the provider that, that helps you cross the intersection. We have a lot of roadside units there, we have several hundred. And there the point was actually that these taxis could, 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 could try to see the intersection uh, signal. So if it's green or red, but not always and not with 100% uh, percent, uh, confidence. And there we are actually translating the, the signal phase into V2X messages and transferring uh, over V2X because V2X is fast, reliable, secure, authenticated. And that's the key. So that, that's the key for roadside units. You are translating something that, you know, might be... So again, vehicles can detect light, I mean, the signal phase, but if the sun is shining from that angle and the sensors are, are not okay, I don't know if it's snowing or whatever, it can distract visual detection. Uh, and V2X is something built against these and work better in these situations. So that's, that's the kind of uh, sim parallel... Um, or similar uh, approach that I see here as well. So that's that's the point of having roadside units that you are actually transferring something that you have access to in the roadside uh, and 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 securely and and reliably transfer that to, to vehicles and other uh, road users. I hope you enjoyed Tom's interview with Anders Ferradi. Research Director at Episode Sponsors, Comsignia. Join me again soon for another episode of the TTI podcast. In the meantime, stay in touch with us on Twitter at Traffic Tech Mag, online at trafficTechnologyToday.com, and of course, via this podcast. That's it from me. Until next time. TTI Podcast is a Mark Allen Group production. Please like and subscribe. If you are interested in appearing on the podcast, reach us via our website, trafficTechnologyToday.com, or email traffic at markallengroup.com.